You're listening to the Jabin Chavez Leadership Podcast, a conversation designed to help you define your organizational culture and leadership values. Jabin is a pastor, artist, and highly sought after speaker who has a long track record of growing departments, ministries, and organizations. We know that this podcast will bring value to you as a leader and to your entire team. Hello, leaders. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. I am so excited about it. Um, This episode is going to be a little bit different. All the other episodes have come right out of staff meetings and uh, moments with staff members, but this one's a little bit different. We just wrapped up an awesome serve team conference, and I don't know what you call your volunteer serve team, dream team, whatever, but we call uh, our volunteer serve team, and we just finished up a serve team conference, and uh, it was really awesome. We were really blessed to have Pastor Larry Bry with us from Elevation Church, and uh, we'll probably be posting his sermon um, sometime soon because it was it was incredible. But anyway, um, I shared a message with our serve team, and uh, I just thought you'd want to hear it, and it's relevant to every leader, especially church leaders today, though, and especially if you're a pastor, I'm praying that this message will encourage you, I'm praying it'll fire you up, and I'm praying it will excite you for your own call, your own city, your own ministry, the people that God's calling you to reach. So I'm really excited about that. Thank you for joining us today, and I pray this message is a blessing to you. We celebrated our two-year church anniversary. Man, I hadn't cried yet tonight, and I didn't think I was going to. Uh, it's all right. Stop it. Let it out, Pastor. We celebrated our two-year anniversary, and and then we got shut down. And we've we've had to now almost we've City Light has almost been around as long with COVID as without COVID, and. Just to think what the Lord has done in our church is so amazing. Our best is yet to come. Let me remind you, the world has never needed the church as much as they need the church right now. Our city's never needed the church as much as it needs the church right now. And your role that you play is so important. This is such a divisive moment in our nation. It is such a frustrated moment in our nation, such a fearful moment in our nation. Uh, We are fighting about everything and anything that we can think of to fight about, uh, from race stuff to politics stuff to mask stuff to vaccine stuff to you name it. Uh, There is a reason to be offended, and people are, are very clear on what they're offended about at all times. And there has never been a moment that that we need to just go one step higher than all of that and believe that there is one thing that Jesus is building only one (laughs) and it's the church and so we're giving our lives to something that is eternal we're giving our lives to something that's going to be around forever the apostle Paul said Christ died for the church Christ died for the church And if Christ died for the church, I want to live for the church. 
And I'm grateful for your investment into it. And I'm, I'm grateful for your, your patience. I don't know if I'm, if I'm too political, not political enough, if I'm too this, not enough of that. Thank you for just being gracious through that. Because I feel it. I feel, I feel your graciousness. I, I don't feel a lot of pressure from you. And I'm grateful for that. And I promise you, we're just trying to figure it out. And I want to encourage you to continue to pray for us. Continue to pray for City Light. Every pastor I talk to, they are tired. And I shouldn't say every, but I, honestly, almost every pastor, they're tired. They're discouraged. They're, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to get people back in their building. They, they just, they're worn out. Uh, most of them, whether, whether it was a, a big stand left or right, had to take really big or thought they had to take really big stands last year that really hurt their churches either way. And, and so they're just going through it. So you're going through it. We're going through it. I'm praying for you. You pray for me. We're going to help a lot of people in this city. 2.2 million people. The vast majority don't know Jesus. The vast majority don't go to a church. I, we drove just a little bit around town today, me and uh, LB and I and Corbin. And, and I said, I honestly believe with all of my heart we can be a 15-campus church just in this city. Because it's that big. And the Lord's going to do that in his time. But thank you, for, thank you for the part you play. Let me preach to you just a little bit now. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 12. Late in the afternoon... The 12 disciples came to him and said, send the crowds away. Get rid of them. (laughs) So they can go find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, you feed them. You feed them. But we only have five loaves and two fish. Or are you expecting us to go buy enough food for this whole crowd? There were about 5,000 men there. Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in groups of 50. Everybody say structure. Structure. Tell them to go sit down in groups of 50. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish. Notice that he didn't do his part till they did their part. So he doesn't move until they move. And he doesn't move until there's a structure in place for what he wants to do. So he looked up to heaven and he blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he, he kept giving the bread and the fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. I got a, I got a unique title tonight. I want to preach about City Light University. I want to take you to class tonight a little bit. I want... I want to help you understand how I think tonight. And I hope you will like it. Not, not like the sermon. I hope you'll like how I think. Because I think that if we can think this way about the kingdom and about our city and about people, man, there's no telling what God can do through us. Not just for us, through us. So take that notepad that we gave you tonight. Don't you love that notepad? We got you that notepad. Do y'all still remember how to write? Is that like, you're like, I don't, am I left-handed? Am I, can I type on it? If you don't like notes, grab your phone, take some notes tonight. 
and let's, uh, let's learn some things. Let's learn some mistakes from the disciples and let's learn some good things from Jesus tonight. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing tonight. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you would speak clearly. I pray tonight would be a night of clarity for our church. I pray it would be a night of hope. I pray it would be a night of encouragement. I pray it would be a night of calling. I feel like you're calling people tonight. I pray that you would call out to people tonight. And we give you all the glory for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen and amen and amen. Thank you, brother. By the way, one of my dearest friends in the world, Leonard Jarman, can we just show some love? The, the mad genius. And you're so gifted, so talented. If, if you listen to Christian music, you listen to Leonard. You just didn't know it because he's, he's been on everything. Sorry, I'm just gassing you up right now, but you're worthy of it. And we love you. I want to just give you a few points tonight that I see from the text that I think are important. And, and here's the first one. And I, I want this to just, I just want this to get settled in your heart tonight. People are not the problem. Can we just go right away? Like, it's not Sunday, right? I don't have to like tell you a cute story and warm you up. And let me just, people are not, you like, I like a little story, pastor. People, people are not the problem. The disciples saw the people as a problem to get rid of. Jesus, get rid of them. They, they just saw, they saw the people as an issue. They saw the people as a problem to fix. They saw the people as something that was messing them up. See, they go, oh, Jesus, they're hungry. No, they were hungry. <laughs> you know, Lord, the people haven't eaten all day. No, they hadn't eaten all day. You know, Lord, the people are tired. No, they were tired. And the, the people were in the way of the disciples' comfort. And we just have to decide as a church, are we going to be a comfortable church? Are we going to be a convicted church? Are we going to be a church that sees, oh, four services, oh my God, oh, what are we going to do? There's people everywhere. Are we going to be a church of conviction? Are we going to be a church that sees, that sees growth as an issue? Are we going to see, uh, uh, be a church where we see growth as a blessing? How do, we, how do you see people? Wow, I can't believe they're coming. I'm glad they're coming. Not everyone should look like you. Hopefully someone sits in your seat every once in a while. Hopefully, hopefully people don't sing like you or talk or think like you or vote like you or worship like you or read the same translation as you. And, and hopefully they see life a little differently. I, I, I hope we stay diverse. I hope we stay diverse because our, our nation is getting so separated right now Churches are becoming very separated. Churches are really falling into this camp or that camp or this camp or that camp. I just hope we're, we're not closed off to people. I hope we haven't let the spirit of offense that's been in our nation get in us. Where we see people as a problem. We see people as an issue. And, and it's like they're, they're either going to get in line and be like us or we're going to kick them out. No, 
I want to be in, I want to be inclusive. Only Jesus can change the heart. So we have to let people in and then we have to trust the Holy Spirit. And by the way, when I say only Jesus can change the heart, that means we can't. So we preach truth and we worship hard and we pray like crazy, but we trust the Holy Spirit. We, we love with passion, but we trust the Holy Spirit. I don't love to change someone's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. I don't preach to change someone's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. I don't, we don't worship the way we worship to change somebody's heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. So we don't do the things we do as a means to an end. We do what we do for God. And then we trust God to do what we cannot do. People are not the problem. They look at the crowds and go, how do we fix this? How do we send the crowds? Jesus, you got to send the crowds away. Let's get rid of people. Let's, they, they, they just get into, they get into the wrong spirit. Let me just remind you that Las Vegas is not a problem to solve. But a people to love. We love our city. We love our city. And, and we love the people who call Las Vegas home. We, we love La- Las Vegas is not a problem to be solved. We're not trying to fix Vegas. We're really not even trying to change Vegas. We're trying to love Vegas and serve Vegas and pray for Vegas and have big, wide open doors to let Vegas come in and the Spirit of God is going to do what the Spirit of God is going to do. But Vegas is not our problem. God's going to change Sin City to Grace City. I don't know. I don't have that word. If you have that word, you have that word. That's not my goal. My goal is not to change the branding of our city. I just want to love people. I just want to help people. I want more people in church. I want more people to know God loves them. I want more people around the feet of Jesus. I don't... And I think we're going to grow because I think, I think God wants us to grow. But, but I'm, not, I'm not trying to, I'm not worried about that. We've got to get our mind right here. Vegas is not a problem to solve. It's a people to love. It's a, it's a community to belong to. This is a very restless city. It's a very, maybe we need to go here. Maybe we need to go there. It's not a friendly city to Christians. So you have to fight that. with You fight fire with fire. If Vegas is not a very friendly city to Christians, we got to be friendlier. We got to love harder. We got to love more than the lust. We got to be more generous than the greed. We got to be more planted than the movement of our city. I'm just telling you, I love this city. I do. I love Chinatown. I love going down Spring Mountain. I love it. I love the Strip. I do. I do. I love, I love the Bellagio Fountains. I still like them. I still walk into Caesars and I look at that blue sky. Wow, it's cool. I still do. I love, I love Summerlin. I love, I love, I even love Henderson, kind of, a little bit. I do, a little bit. I, I love, I, I just, I, I have, 
And listen, if you don't love Las Vegas, you need to ask the Spirit of Almighty God to do a work in your heart. Because if you're here, you might as well be all the way here. If you're here, you might as well let God plant you deep into this city. So you don't have one foot in and one foot out. I'm talking emotionally. We love this city. And we love the people of this city. And we don't curse this city. And we don't complain when it's windy. We don't complain when it's hot. And we don't complain about the smoke from California. It's always California. We could be salty about California. If, we're, if, if you get salty about the traffic, we blame it on Californians moving in. Praise God. Praise God. We don't curse this city. We don't, we don't speak. Don't, don't let that get into your language. Because it'll be, oh, just send them away. And what it'll be for you is God, send me away. But God's going, but I got you here. Because you're graced here. Because you're tough enough to be here. And you've got enough faith to be here. And you've got enough love to be here. And you've got enough gift to be here. So stop trying to get God to move you out of something that he's planted you into. We love our city. We're committed to the people of our city. God has placed us here to serve our city. Let me just, let me just try to put a, a face to this, okay? Let me try to put a face to this. Check out. Check out this video. I'm not done preaching. You sit down. We never say, Lord, send the people away. Because they're not a problem to solve. There are people to join to. There are people to love. There. Number two. We have the solution. We have the solution. Jesus, send them away. You feed them. <laughs> you feed them. How, how can I say that we, that we have the solution? We have the solution because we know Jesus. Because what changed Daniel's life was Jesus. What changed that family's life was the power of the Holy Spirit. What changed their life was not us picketing a strip club. What changed their life was an Instagram ad that popped up on their phone and they go, man, we need church. Because people know they need church. They just don't know if, if church will like them. They don't know if church will let them in. They don't know, they don't know if they can belong before they behave. So we, so we have the solution. You feed them. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. Their eyes were closed. Their, their heart was closed to the possibility of being used by Jesus. But you got you to realize that leaders are always looking for possibility. Always looking for opportunity. 
always looking for ways to get involved, looking for the miracle in the masses, looking for what Jesus can do in the middle of the crowd, not getting lost in the crowd, not getting amazed by the crowd, not getting, um, not getting overwhelmed by the crowd, but look at, God, what can you do in this crowd? Because we see a lot of people come through these doors every Sunday, but it's not about the crowd, it's about the individual that the Spirit of God is doing a work in And you have to be able to see that. You you have to become available to that. Your greatest ability is your availability. Your greatest ability is not your talent. It's not your gift. It's not your anointing. It's not your how much Bible you know. It's not how many hours a day you pray. It's not your greatest ability is your availability. Just being available. To what God is doing. You have the solution. We have the solution. We have the answer. And they tell Jesus their problem. And the first words out of his mouth are, you. Just think about that. Jesus, the crowds are hungry. The crowds are tired. There's no way to feed them. Send them away. You. Not them, you. Not even Jesus, you. Not the politicians, you. Not the Democrats, you. Not the Republicans, you. Now vote, do your thing. But you. Not the man, you. Not the woman, you. Not the white, you. Not the black, you. You. You do something. Well, if they would, you. Well, if he would, you. Well, if that group would, you. What can you do? Because we live in a society right now where we can easily get online and find a group to blame so that we feel free from the obligation. It's a politician's problem. It's a pastor's problem. It's that group's problem. It's that group's problem. It's it's, it's those guys. It's the woman's problem. It's the man's problem. It's the young people's problem. It's the adult's problem. No, no, no. Stop shifting blame so that you can feel free from the pressure of the need of humanity. Jesus looks right back at him and he says, you figure this out. You do something. You get involved. You join. You serve. You give. You help. You. I don't want it to be me. I want it to be them. Because life would be so much easier if I could just blame them. You. You feed them. You get involved. You pray. You fast. You serve. You get the idea. You do what you can do. Jesus will do what he can do. You. You feed them. If Jesus said to feed him, then he has a plan. Yes. If Jesus called us to plant this church and he did, then he's got plans for us. If he's called you to be a part of this church, then he's got a plan for you. But you have to, you have to open your eyes. And here's a prayer that I want you to pray. From point one, I want you to pray that, that the spirit of God will help you love this city. But, but from point two, these, are, these aren't in my points, but they're just coming to me. You need to pray that God will open your eyes to what you need to be doing here. Or, or you'll get lost in the shuffling. Well, they don't need me and they're too busy and they already have enough people. No. Stop with the they. You. You. 
Elisha said this. This is 2 Kings. He, he, he prays for a servant. He said, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. That's a prayer we need to be praying. Lord, open my eyes. John chapter 4, verse 35. Open your eyes and look. Look at the harvest. Look at the fields. Look at the need. Look at the possibility. Look at what could happen and what should happen and what might happen if you'll take a step of faith. Open your eyes and look. Don't be in denial of the need. Look right at it. And let the Holy Spirit baptize you with the need of our city so that it will compel you to do something. Psalm 119 verse 18. God, open my eyes that I may see. Jesus says, you feed him. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. God, open my eyes to the need of this city. God, open my eyes to the needs of my friends and my family and my coworkers that they don't even know I'm a Christian. They don't even know I go to church yet. God, open my eyes. Convict me to share my story. Convict, challenge me to invite that person to church. Holy Spirit, my eyes have been closed to the needs all around me. I've been so obsessed with me, but but I haven't realized that you're calling me to do something. You feed them. And and you don't have to do anything beyond just getting involved. Number three, obedience releases the flow. Obedience releases the flow. He kept giving the bread. Verse 16. What, What a carb lover's dream scripture. He kept giving the bread. Would you like another plate of chips and salsa? Yes. Why are you asking? Just bring them. It's empty. Bring them. You'll know when we're done when we leave the restaurant. Would you like another warm basket of bread? Yes. Stop asking. Just bring it. Don't embarrass me. Just keep bringing it. And I will keep eating it. He kept bringing, watch this, watch this. He kept giving the bread as long as there was a demand. There was a supply. As long as there was a demand, there was a supply. As long as they kept going back to Jesus, there was a flow. And he says, sit them down in groups of 50. That's called structure. He says, create a space that I can fill. I'm telling you right now, we need six weekend services. Now, I can't do it because I just can't, and I'm just in denial. But we need six. And you're in denial, too. You're like, no, pastor, we love the video, but no. But can I tell you, if we do two more services, we'll fill them up. People will come. Now, how are we going to, I don't know, I don't want to think about it. It makes me sick to think about it. But, but, is that honest enough? But Jesus said, if you'll, if you'll create the structure, I'll fill the structure. 
miracles happen in the structure. We think miracles happen kind of accidentally and out of no, no, they happen in the structure. God moves in the structure. If you don't believe me, just watch, watch his design of the temple. Watch his design of the tabernacle. Watch the detail that he went. God is into details. Why, why, do we, why do we care about where people sit on Sunday? Structure. Why do we care about excellence? Why is the worship team always awesome? Structure. Why are the lights always amazing? Structure. Why is the audio always CD quality? CD quality. How old am I? Radio, uh, radio quality. Structure. It's always vinyl quality. Um, why, do we, why do we try to get, when, when parents do sneak in their kids, we try not to let them up front, try to put them in the back. Structure. It's just structure. Yeah, amen. While I'm preaching and little four-year-olds are running around here, you know, going... Like, hi, buddy, trying my best over here. It's hard enough. Structure. Why, why do we want people out at the front doors? Well, it's structure. Why do we have people out? Structure. Why do we, why do we work so hard on small groups? Structure. Why do, we, why do we work so hard with our kids and getting, why do they got to check in and why do they got to get a tag? And why structure. It's safety. There's, there's a blessing in structure. There's a blessing in excellence. There's, there's a blessing in atmosphere. There's a blessing in, in peace. There's a, there's a blessing in order. God, God works in it. God likes it. God created light, but then he said, I want some moon and some stars and some firmament and some sun and some, I want, I want, some, I want some, some atmosphere to this thing. I want to create some structure around this thing. So it's not just going to be water, but there's going to be land and then there's going to be rivers and then there's going to be oceans and then there's going to be streams and there's going to be mountains and there's going to be valleys. There's going to be structure for this thing to flow within. God likes it and, 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 and that's why we want you to be, why, why do I got to do planning center? Structure. Why do I got to go through next steps? Structure. 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 It creates something that God can then fill and use. And when you serve, you get to be a part of the miracle. I I want you to catch this. Jesus never gave food to anyone in the crowd. Read it and read it in all the translations. He doesn't give food to the people, ever. He gives food to the disciples. We need a move of God. We need you to move. We need you to move. And you're here. So, but the, you know, super spiritual Sarah who comes in on Sundays and we need a prayer meeting and we need this and ah, we need an intercessor group. And a, Can you like help with kids? Because we got kids everywhere. We got kids climbing up the walls. I don't do that. I serve. I, I can you move a chair for one second, bro? Can you just do that for me? No, we got it. I'm an apostle. <laughs> you know it's bad when it's an apostle. You know it's bad. It's like, oh, man. You're going up there with Paul, bro. I don't know about this one. We, we, we're, we're praying for the wrong things. Praying for a move of God like God doesn't want to move. Like we're trying to change God's mind. Like we're trying to turn God's heart. God is all in. He's going, I just need something to fill. Because he doesn't waste his anointing. 
That's why when Samuel went, he didn't anoint the seven brothers. He only anointed David because God doesn't waste his anointing. God doesn't pour oil on everything. He only pours oil on what is to be anointed, on the structure, on the call. But God's ready to pour out on this city. God's ready to move in this city. But we have to create the structure for God to move. So Jesus never fed the people. He fed the disciples to feed the people. And the move of God in our city is going to be a move of Christians. Because the Holy Spirit is not going to manifest into the flesh and go talk to people. And Jesus is not going to walk the strip and go talk to people. And it's us. Does, does God, are, are there stories of amazing miracle testimonies from the Middle East where Jesus appears in dreams? Absolutely, because there are no preachers. There is no one. But we don't, we're without excuse. We're in America. God's not going to give people dreams. He's going to give you a burden. God's not going to speak to your neighbor. He's going to speak to you. And you're going to go knock on the door and go, hey, we made you this. Or, hey, we got this for you. Or, hey, we've just never met, just wanted to say hi. And I know it's weird. I got the mask on. I don't want to. It's going to be you. It's going to be you witnessing to your waiter, waitress, or food server, person that you're talking to. It's just going to be you. So when you serve, you become an answer to somebody's prayer. When you serve, you get to be a part of somebody's miracle. Jesus blessed and multiplied. Jesus is still blessing and multiplying. Jesus will bless and multiply. We, we have to be available. As long as there, I got to end, uh, can you come up, Leonard? As long as there was a place for the bread to go, Jesus kept giving. And as long as we're available, Jesus will keep blessing this church. And as long as we're faithful to not just eat the bread, but give the bread, he'll keep giving bread. The disciples ate. Y'all know they ate. They just ate after What does that mean? That means that God is looking for a team he can trust. He's going to take care of you. He's going to feed you. He's just wondering if you'll give it away before you eat it. <laughs> you remember Elisha with the widow woman? He said, God will pour out the oil, but you need to create vessels. You need to create jars. And as long as there was a jar, as long as there was a vessel, there was oil. As long as we create a space, God will pour out his oil. As long as we have a stream, God will send the harvest. A a team, excuse me, God will send the harvest. As long as we are servants, God will let the oil flow. As long as we bring the structure, God will send the oil. As long as we show up, God will show off. I'm just holding a sign, structure. I'm just helping someone to a seat, structure. I'm just helping a family get checked in, structure. I'm just singing, structure. I'm just holding a camera, structure. And, and you don't see it all the time, but, what, but Dee's testimony, we got hundreds of them. We got, we got them in this room right now. Who could do that? Let me see your hand. Y'all could do the same thing. You're like, I could do one of those. I got the same story. God changed my life in this house. 
God answered my prayer in this house. God healed me in this house. God spoke to me. Anybody grateful? This is a house of miracles. And all we got to do is create the space, create the place, create the flow. And as long as we'll be available, the bread will flow, the oil will flow, the anointing will flow, the wine will flow. Oh, come on. Anybody grateful for it tonight? His story is not unique in our church. That's what makes it amazing. So it makes it amazing. And we want to do a better job telling these stories, but I'm, but I'm looking at the stories right here. Because you know you're that story. I'm that story. Hmm. That's my class tonight. There's no telling what God's going to do through us and for us. You're going to get fed. No, I'm serious. I'm believing for supernatural miracles in your life, provision in your life, money breakthroughs in your life, healing in your life. I believe, I believe you're going to get fed. He's going to do that. He's going to make sure you leave with a basket full. (laughs) But I'm not fighting for that. I'm actually fighting to give it away until eventually they go, they've all been fed. 20,000, they've all been fed. Well, Lord, there's... One, two, three. There's 12 left over. Jesus says, I'm going to take care of you. You believe it? Come on, do you believe it tonight? Give God some praise if you believe. This is a house of miracles. We're only going to see more of it in Jesus' name. Amen.